Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, welcome aboard. You came in for a good one, Robert, along with Stephen Kerr with your Texans Cowboys post game. And we'll be doing Texans post games throughout the season. Holy cow, do we have a lot to discuss. Lamar Miller's injury, clowny trade rumors, but Steven, forget everything else. The bombshell of all bombshells, Adam Schefter reporting that Andrew Luck will announce his retirement. Wow. Oh, yeah, it certainly is a bombshell, especially with it being within the Texans division. I, I will have to say, though, Robert, as much of a bombshell as it is, it really didn't come as a shock to me. Now, I'm certainly not going to lie and say that I anticipated the news because I don't think any of us saw it coming. But when you think about how difficult a football is, just under normal circumstances, even if you're relatively healthy, how difficult it is physically, mentally, how taxing it is, it's really not that surprising to me that, because from what I heard in the report, it sounds like that, Andrew Luck was just mentally worn down. And when you have to rehab from one injury after another, after another, it's just so hard to keep pushing and keep pushing like that. And with all the ups and downs he's had, I can't say that I was truly surprised, but it certainly shakes things up, not just in the NFL, but certainly in the AFC South where the Texans are concerned. Before I get into the football stuff, I got to start off with, you know, I've known Andrew Luck, watched him play, got to, you know, be around him, interview him when he was at Stratford High School here in Houston. I, I know his dad, Oliver, his dad, Oliver, used to come up to me when I was shooting games. We we did, we interviewed Oliver. You know, I've had conversations, longer conversations. He's one of the best guys you'll ever meet. People in Houston know that, you know, he goes back to being a quarterback with the Oilers and you know, all of his stuff with the Houston Sports Association and with the Dynamo and, you know, his fingerprints are all over Houston. Anybody that met Oliver Luck just knows that just a tremendous person. And Andrew, you know, from everything that I saw when I got to meet him and I got a chance to be around him, same kind of guy, you know, I rooted for him so much, you know, because of who he is and because of knowing his dad through college, I was very frustrated that, you know, he gets picked by the Colts. You know, they do the suck for luck. They get Andrew Luck and, you know, embarrass the Texans at the end of that that season too. But, you know, as a human being, uh, it's frustrating because uh, you're seeing a guy that could have been, uh, you know, maybe NFL Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and certainly was in the caliber of the top five to 10 quarterbacks in the NFL most of his career, usually in the top five. But Steven, you know, that's the that's the big thing that I take away is that let, let's forget everything else. I mean, he's a great kid. Uh, he's a, a kid that grew up in Houston. He's somebody that you would have wanted to do well, you would have wanted to root for if he was on any other team except the team in the AFC South. Well, that's certainly true. And, you know, when you look at, some of these other guys who are such divas in the NFL, the Baker Mayfields, the Antonio Browns and people like that. And, you know, they're just, they're, they're all over the news for the wrong reasons, selfish, you know, always hogging the headlines. And then you see someone like Andrew Luck who 
as you mentioned, such a great guy, such a great family, kind of like the Manning family. They, you know, they just a class family all the way around. And you just hate to see something like this happen to him uh, with all the injuries that he's been plagued with. And you keep hoping he'll bounce back and you think, well, maybe this will be the year. And of course, I'm sure the Colts felt the same way, but it just got to be too much, obviously. And it's just sad that it has to end this way. But, you know, as far as Andrew Luck, if if he can look back with very few regrets that he gave it his best shot, then I guess that's what we have to hope for. And then and that's what he has to hope for. And as intelligent as the guy is and as great a person as he is, I'm sure that he will have a great future outside of football. Oh, he's fine. He made his money as a football fan, though it hurts. And, you know, you know, it's money and it's, you know, we can talk about that, but you know, it's, it's what you grew up loving to play that comes to an end. And I'm sure his dreams went beyond uh, what he did in the NFL. He, he wanted to, you know, go to a Super Bowl. He wanted to put together one of these careers that, you know, is up in the Pantheon, I'm sure. So by that standard, he'll be fine otherwise, but I'm sure it's got to be frustrating. I do want to talk about, though, the fact that, you know, you, you might see Texans fans start to celebrate, you know, just a, a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Brian, who's uh, become a friend uh, over the last uh, few months. And just I know it's easy to say, well, OK, this is great for the Texans. But, you know, first of all, I, I hate seeing <laughs> something be great for the Texans because something had to something bad happened to somebody like Andrew Luck, number one. But the more important thing, Stephen, number two, it's worth noting, look, Jacoby Brissett has worked the Texans, worked the Texans over the years. Oh, has he ever? Yes. Ryan Grigson has quickly done a hell of a job building an excellent offensive line for Brissett to work with. This isn't the Colts of Manning and early Andrew Luck where it was all about an elite quarterback and we're going to throw everything on his shoulders. They've got a defense they can go to a power running game now with that O-line. And look, if you're a Colts fan, you're devastated because it's so darn hard to win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. But, and this is a big but, if you're a Texans fan, Stephen, the Colts, uh, they're not going away. They're, they're no gimme, and this still could easily, I could see this being a 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six team with the talent Grigson has put together. Well, that's right. And before you, the Texans fans break out the champagne bottles and think it's a clear walk to the division title, let's go back to the year that Tom Brady was serving his four-game suspension for Deflategate. Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. The Texans played the Patriots on Monday night. Guess who the quarterback was? That's right. Third-string rookie quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. And what was the final score, Robert? I think, was it 26 to nothing? Something like that. Uh, the Patriots on top, and the, the Texans weren't even in the game. Kind of like that they weren't in the Cowboys game on Saturday night. Eh, yeah, it was. It was that game sucked. I mean, it really wasn't all Jacoby. There was a lot of stuff that was going on, but they played him after that, and and Jacoby Brissett could do some things, and he's he's done some stuff, and he's he's not a bad quarterback. I think he's probably kind of a middle of the road quarterback, but let's see what he does with this improved cast that's around the Colts since Grigson has sort of done his magic over the last year. Let's see, you know, once he gets to work with maybe a much better offensive line than he's ever had to work with, with the Colts and a, and a much better defense and, you know, some weapons that they've added and 
all of that. I mean, I, I think that is going to play into the fact that the Colts are not going anywhere. They're not going to be super easy to beat just because luck is gone. The Texans don't face them until week seven, so they have a chance to kind of circle the wagons, figure out who they are, see what Jacoby Brissett is. So you got to factor all of that stuff in, Stephen, if you're looking at the Colts right now. Yes, that's true. And I think, you know, with the Texans, I think you hit it on the head as far as the Colts go, that if you have a at least a decent quarterback and you build something around him, he has a chance to be successful. And that's where Jacoby Brissett is right now with the Colts. Well, I'm sure this whole thing is going to sort of unravel. We're, we're recording on Saturday night. So keep that in mind right after the Texans game, right as this news is busted out. Uh, I did see Steven uh, hit OJ Simpson. Uh, I, I wasn't following OJ Simpson because I refused to, but I happened to catch it because this whole thing was trending and he was mad because he had just drafted Andrew Luck and he was all pissed off. And, you know, I, I guess my message to OJ Simpson is, what does it feel like to be stabbed in the back, OJ? Oh, yeah, they're a good one, Robert. And I'm, I'm sure I, I now I probably won't sleep tonight because I'll be so upset that that O.J. Simpson has lost something on his fantasy team. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, uh, the funny stuff is over. Uh, let's talk about the, the Texans game. And Stephen, I, I would just call this game one big facepalm emoji. <laughs> That's a good one. And, and, you know, if this was a dress rehearsal, I think the Cowboys were the only ones who dressed in full costume for the rehearsal because the Texans clearly just from almost from the first play of the game, they were not in it. But of course, the biggest disappointment is the injury of Lamar Miller. You know, we, we of course are recording this early, but it certainly looks like he's going to be out for a while. And how big does the Duke Johnson trade look now? Right. I mean, you know, oh, they're giving up too much for Duke Johnson. Maybe they did. You know, maybe you could have waited longer, but uh, the Browns, if you waited till now or waited till next week after the Lamar Miller deal, the price potentially goes up because the Browns are kind of holding you hostage at this point. Absolutely. So so keep that in mind. And, you know, early indications are, uh, like you said, recording this right after the game, but early indications, according to Aaron Wilson, a torn ACL for Lamar Miller. So if that's the case, done for the season. And if that's the case, just devastating for Lamar Miller, not just the player, but the person. Uh, maybe Lamar Miller more than the Texans, this, this is you know really devastating for. Because look, Lamar, he's in the last year of his contract. It's likely the last time we see him in a Texans uniform, if that's the case. Because... You know, he's tw he's old, 28, 29 by NFL standards for a running back. And, you know, running backs, they are so disposable. It's going to cost him money. Um, maybe we're talking about the last time he's a starter in the NFL. We we saw it tonight with first drive of the darn game, and he's gone. Yeah. And you just hate to say, again, you hate to see an injury dictate the future of a football player. It may not be a career-ending injury for Miller, but it's certainly going to set him back. And then we have Zach Fulton, who was also carted off. So, you know, once again, I mean, it, it's ironic, Robert. We sit here and we've talked about this several times during the preseason that, you know, whether we play four preseason games or two or one, 
you're still going to have injuries, whether they're in practice, non-contact, or in a game like what we saw on Saturday night. But getting back to the game, otherwise just virtually nothing for the Texans. Hardly any pass rush, no pass protection, too many receivers left wide open by the secondary, penalties. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, and then you have the injuries on top of it. Yeah, the final thing on on the Lamar Miller situation, though, I mean, if if you're looking at, uh, as a Texans fan, oh, I want to see guys play more in the preseason, the problem that coaches have is, you know, and why they like to play them in these scrimmages, I think it, it's because they're controlled, and, and we talked about that a little bit, but that's that's worth repeating. But the other thing is, you know, the Texans play on artificial turf on that NRG stadium turf when they're at practice, when they're at the facility, when they were up in green Bay, it's grass ACLs. Uh, that's this turf toe that it looks like Zach Fulton, uh, has that we're hearing. That's what we're hearing early on indications with him and why he left the game on a cart. That's all turf stuff, Steven. That's turf. Yep. Yep. I remember interviewing Spanky Stevens, who was the head trainer at the university of Texas, uh, here in Austin for many, many years. I interviewed him years ago about the effects of uh, turf uh, on knees, and he said a lot of the same thing. So it it is a concern. And, uh, you know, with the Texans, again, the, the injuries, unfortunately, are the headliners of the stories that we keep talking about. All right, let me go to this uh, Deshaun Watson fumble, and, and this is the play that uh, also that Zach Fulton – goes down as well. But the, the fumble in the first series, um, there's a ton of di- stuff to dissect here. And and really most of what's to dissect is really in this first and second quarter of this game. But so Julian Davenport starts the game at left tackle. And I'm going to circle back to him because he was in on that play. Didn't end up blocking anybody. It was Jordan Thomas who was left on an island with the outside rusher. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, I wasn't happy with Deshaun. Uh, not just for that play. He took hits twice on that drive because he held onto the ball too long. On the fumble, he had a wide open Taiwan Jones to dump the ball off to. It was right in front of him. He hasn't learned that lesson to just take the dump off, especially in a preseason game. I mean, come on, Deshaun. And you can't just wait three or four seconds every single time in the regular season. He's going to have to figure this out. And in the meantime, he's getting himself killed. He's getting guys killed. Uh, he's making offensive line look uh, that's not good, make even, making it even look worse. This offense can't take the next step without him taking the next step too. And it's not just the O-line, Stephen, that needed to make a leap this year. It, it was Deshaun too. Yeah, as much grief as we've given the offensive line, and with good reason. I mean, the offensive line has definitely had its share of problems and contributed to the 62 sacks from last year. But I, I've said this many, many times, you know, both privately and publicly over the last year. If there is one glaring weakness that Deshaun Watson has, it is holding the ball too long. And that as much is contributing to what's going on with him, taking the hits, getting all those sacks as it is that you have a weak offensive line, especially a weak left tackle situation that still hasn't been completely dealt with. And yeah, he definitely showed it on that uh, first sack. It it was obvious that he held the ball too long and he took the sack. And then on the second play, it was a combination of that 
and Julian Davenport not blocking. He ends up fumbling. The Cowboys recover, and that led to one of their scores, one of many turnovers and mistakes for the Texans tonight, and Deshaun was certainly guilty of that one particular play. Before I said if there's an emoji for the game, it's a face palm. If there's an emoji for Bill O'Brien, it's the head scratch because he always has me scratching my head at some of the weird stuff that he does. All right, let's go with the idea that we're managing Matt Khalil's reps, which uh, this is hard to believe that you got to manage the reps of an NFL veteran NFL player that, you know, doesn't have a lot that he's proven over the last couple of years of, of a being able to stay on the field and B being any good at, at left tackle. And, and it's the most important position for the Texans right now to solve. But Julian Davenport, Steven, he gets the holding call early in the game. Uh, I mentioned what happened in that other play with Deshaun's fumble. How did Julian Davenport end up as a starter with Roderick Johnson getting all the reps behind Matt Khalil over the last few weeks. He was the starter last week. Steven, it's almost like O'Brien didn't like how much Roderick uh, was getting, you know, the attention that he was getting from the media and the fans. And he said, I'll show you. I'm going to put out Davenport. Screw that kid. <laughs> it almost makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, you, you would hate to think that. I mean, a head coach wants to win. It, it, you certainly should want to win no matter who's out there. If Roderick Johnson is the better player, you put him out there. But the only thing I can think of... Forget about winning. Protect the quarterback. Well, I know it's the preseason, but 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 protecting your quarterback, and that's that's ultimately what needs to happen. You're not going to win if your quarterback's going to keep getting hit night after night, time after time. But the fact that Roderick Johnson didn't start the game, it did make you scratch your head. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, you know, we haven't seen Julian Davenport much at all. We haven't talked about him much during training camp. He's hard to, I don't know if he's played at all during the preseason until Saturday night. Maybe they just wanted to see if anything has changed. That they Can we get anything out of this guy or do we need to cut him? Well, it didn't take long for us to find out. Nothing has changed. Julian Davenport is still Julian Davenport. He doesn't cut it. Certainly not at left tackle and not with the Texans. So Roderick Johnson did play, but very little. You notice that he came out shortly after he got in. So, yeah, I, I don't really understand that whole move. But this whole left tackle thing, it it's almost like it's almost like Bill O'Brien is toying with everybody, kind of like you said. Davenport wasn't awful last year. He wasn't good. You know, I get it. He was uh, had his moments where he was okay. The big mistake that they made was moving him over to right tackle. They've screwed with the kids' confidence. And really, um, by everything that they did over the offseason, they basically gave Davenport the message that, hey, we're, we're, we're practically moving on. They, they neutered him, and he didn't probably go into any of this thinking, I've got a shot. And Bill O'Brien could just do that. He could just say, forget it. I'm going to take away this guy's confidence, and, and that's the end of it. I saw him do it with Case Keenum a few years ago. I was in camp. I witnessed the whole thing take place. You know, Case Keenum was not, you know, should not have been far and away the third-string quarterback uh, that last camp that he was at. You know, his last year, uh, uh, or first year under Bill O'Brien uh, last year, right after his last year with uh, Kubiak. And that's what it seemed like has happened with Davenport. 
Meanwhile, you got a guy like Nick Martin, Stephen, that was back at starter. He looked awful. He was so bad that he was picking up holding calls, still not blocking his guy. How many did he have? Two? Two holding calls, I yeah, believe? Yeah, and he barely played. And I just, I, I'm out on him. He he wasn't good uh, the last couple of years when he did play. He's he's had injury issues. There There is no reason... It, it was a pick that everybody thought was a good pick. I don't totally want to crush the Texans for the Nick Martin pick in the second round. But by the same token, I think we've kind of seen enough. If Zach Fulton is healthy and, you know, who knows where that's going to be, you know, a turf toe, you know, I, I was reading that that was what was going on with, uh, you know, what, what the early indications were. But if Zach Fulton's healthy, he needs to be the center. I would even prefer Greg Mance at this point if if he's healthy. Again, there's so many if he's healthy, and this offensive line is just, you, oh my god, what you just blow the whole thing up, Stephen. It, it's so bad. It's so bad. Well, and getting back to Roderick Johnson, I don't understand if if Roderick Johnson played well last week in the Detroit game, and if he is looking good in practice, shouldn't wouldn't you want to put him? in with the starters where Deshaun Watson is playing and get some reps to see if he can handle that. And I mean, clearly the Cowboys defense was much better than the Lions. We found that out tonight. And what was interesting to me is they kept some of their key starters in much longer than the Texans at great risk. I mean, Taco Charlton almost, he got shaken up like two different times before he finally came out of the game. But I, yeah, the, the, the whole offensive line and, and you notice that Calamenta even played center some, I almost wonder if he might be a better option than Nick Martin at center. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that that's at least something that you have to think about. Maybe even a Martinez ranking. I just I don't know what they're seeing in Nick Martin, but whatever they're seeing, I don't see it. And then there's Max Sharping, who just fell apart in the second quarter, had looked by all reports pretty good in scrimmages. He'd looked good during camp. He looked good in the first couple of preseason games not great nothing like you know to get you you know jumping up and down and you're pumping your hands in the air I mean he's a tackle learning guard so there, there's going to be growing pains but let me start off with his guard play where he gives up an easy sack by letting his defender blow right by him nearly gave up a sack on another play then they moved him over to tackle he had another blow by leading to a sack nearly gave up another sack when he was just overpowered and, of course, Stephen, the Texans may have to live with his mistakes depending on the health of their other options, Zach Fulton and Greg Mance and all the other guys that you might might put at guard. And it looks like they're, that that's their de facto start, starter because uh, he's been out there every single time to start every single preseason game, and it looks like he's starting all the practices. But, you know, he, he, he can't have the mistakes that he had in this game. He, he, he can't do it. That was only in like a half. Well, I agree, but I think – Sometimes we do make the mistake, though, of forgetting that these guys are rookies and they're still trying to learn. It, it takes a while, as we, as you've talked about on this podcast, Robert. The chemistry, the the timing, it it just doesn't happen overnight. It's not going to happen completely in a few weeks of uh, training camp reps, joint practices, scrimmages, one or two preseason games, especially against a defense like what the Cowboys have. They have a solid defense. And I think what we saw tonight is that these guys were up against some real talent for the first time. And I, I'm hoping that's what it is, because I still think Max Sharping could be a, a good 
at least a decent offensive lineman, but it's still just too small a sample size. And he certainly looked shaky on Saturday. Yeah. The last thing on the offensive line was just, this is kind of a throwaway, but you know, Rick Leonard drafted by the saints in the fourth round last year, looked awful at right tackle, almost got Joe Webb killed a couple of times. Uh, so, I mean, it just didn't matter who they put out there. Uh, there, there's a couple more, couple more things on the, as far as the game is concerned, but before I get to that, you know, with everything else that's going on and how bad the Texans have looked, uh, <laughs> or how bad they looked in this game, you know, the, the, the cloudy situation, we, we got to hit on that. And, and that could change as soon as I get this out of my mouth. But basically here's what it's looking like. Uh, Mike Lombardi said today that Clowney will be dealt within the next day or two for a wide receiver. John McClain's still saying he's going to be dealt for a tackle, uh, but it's looking like all indications are he's gone, Steven. So if you're the Texans and you're trading for an offensive player for Clowney, which is what everybody's saying, it's going to be a guy on offense. This defense, I mean, J.J. Watt, he's, you know, he's J.J. Watt still, you know, he's got some skills left in him, but, you know, Merciless is going to have to step up. And the one thing that I, I get from watching these preseason games, there is not a hell of a lot of depth, not a lot of guys that are making a name for themselves at linebacker or defensive line. You know, you're, we're just not seeing anybody else that gets you excited that like, well, what if Whitney Merciless can't get it done? What if J.J. Watt gets a little bit nicked up? Because I think it's just you, 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 you run the ball up and down the field. Clowney was – he's such a great – such a great run defender, which is underrated part of his game. Well, first of all, the Michael Lombardi report about wide receivers just doesn't really make sense unless they know something about Will Fuller or one of the other receivers that we don't, that maybe they're not going to stay healthy. Uh Certainly, we, we've heard a lot of speculation about Clowney for an offensive tackle. Uh, you know, there's still a cornerback that you have to think about, getting a, a good cornerback. So there are a lot of other options for trading Clowney. But you, you lead into something, though, Robert, that has concerned me for a while, and that is the virtual lack of a pass rush if you don't have J.J. Watt playing up to his potential, if Whitney Merciless doesn't bounce back, or worse— if after the season, Whitney Merciless walks and Clowney is gone, whether you trade him now or you get rid of him later, what do the Texans have to look forward to as far as a pass rush is concerned? That's a big concern. And, you know, we're seeing it now with Clowney not being in there. And Merciless, you know, he's, he's made a couple of good plays here and there. But we have to hope that he has a good regular season. At least they're going to use him in different spots more than they did last year. And hopefully he's coming off this injury, this back injury that he also had last season. So he wasn't at full strength. But there is some definite concern. But I, I think you, you have to trade Clowney. You know the Texans have been shopping him. So how is he going to come in and play for the Texans at this point with all that going on? And with John McClain and some of the others reporting it, I think it's, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's but a of course, deal. Clowney, yeah, Clowney, but Clowney has to sign off on a deal before it can happen, too. Yeah, the thing about this defense is Romeo, you know, it's been five years since Romeo Cornell's been the defensive coordinator. He doesn't like the blitz. Uh, you know, that's that's been his M.O. He's not a big chance taker. 
Uh, he relies on the front four or the front five or whatever. You know, he 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 hasn't been that way. Now maybe maybe it changes. Maybe you don't have Clowney, and maybe we finally see something a little bit different because you know it, it's it's maybe different with the with the personnel that you've gotten. But you know, there was a year where there was no JJ Watt, and there was Clowney was around, and you know, there's t- there's been times where Clowney's been missing and. Yeah, I just didn't see a, a big change where he was a big chance taker. And with the secondary and these cornerbacks and, you know, the lack of depth in cornerback, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Bradley Roby, I will say, you know, he's always running stride for stride with his defender, but the problem is guys are still making catches against him. You know, Aaron Colvin absolutely stinks for the second year in a row. I don't know what you do with him. Uh you know, Roby looks like you can at least put him out there. Uh, Jonathan Joseph uh, maybe can give you another good solid year, but beyond that, you know, well, I'll, I will. Th- I'll show uh, well one positive, one positive. I should say, uh, Stephen, and, and, and we go go to Lonnie Johnson Jr. Yeah, who, who had a couple of excellent pass breakups. Uh, he was the one Texans 2019 draft pick that showed up in this game, so. I mean, I, I, that, that is a positive, but yeah, I mean, the, the pass rush, I mean, where does it come from if JJ isn't getting to the quarterback? Yeah, Johnson showed some of the explosiveness that we've been talking about during training camp and some of the other preseason games. But Robert, what scares me more than anything is with the Texans playing elite quarterback after elite quarterback, if they don't have a pass rush and if they are weak in the secondary, particularly at corner, I, I shudder to think what a Drew Brees, a Nick Foles, a Tom Brady is going to do to that defense when they have the time to throw that they're going to, I mean, any decent quarterback with time to throw is going to tear up the Texans. What about these elite quarterbacks? They they just have got to do something about their front seven and the pass rush. Here's the deal. If I'm the Texans right now, and of course, trying to figure out what's inside their head's impossible, but let me just be the Texans for a second. There, there was some talk. You saw this, right, Stephen? That the the Eagles, there's rumblings that they might be interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've got tackles and depth that that the Texans don't have. They just drafted a tackle. Uh, they they've got some guys. If you can somehow wiggle away one of their really good tackles, it's unlikely, but you know, or just pick another team, get a tackle from another team that's really good and. If you're going to deal Clowney, double down on the offense. The offense has the talent to be really fantastic if you have an offensive line. And and that really, more than anything, just means solidifying left tackle because that's going to have a ripple effect. But, you know, if Fuller and QT stay healthy and you can keep Deshaun Watson upright, I mean, the offense should be really good. Even without Lamar Miller, you know, that's what you, you might have to do if you're the Texans is just say, okay, we're going to just double down on the offense because you're, you're, you're not getting another pass rusher with Clowney. You're, you're, the other team's not going to be saying, I, I want to give you a pass rusher for your pass rusher that's you know going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And if you look at cornerbacks in the NFL, those guys are almost impossible to pry away from teams. So double down. Just try to make the offense turn it into, hey, it could be good if the offensive line's good to – Let's get the offensive. Let's solidify the offensive line a little bit, 
and let's try to be an elite offense so we can go touchdown for touchdown with these other quarterbacks that we're playing. Well, I certainly think that that's what they should do. And getting back to uh, the Eagles situation and a, a possible trade for Clowney, there is a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, named Marcus Hayes. And again, this is a columnist writing this. This isn't Adam Schefter or John McClain reporting anything factual. But according to this columnist, Jadevian Clowney is the type of player that could take the Eagles back to the Super Bowl and the Eagles need to trade for him and do it right now. Now, he acknowledges it might be a bit pricey for short-term game. He even mentioned a player that would be good in an exchange, an offensive lineman. And, Robert, I know I'm going to butcher this name, so help me out here if you want to. Halapulabati Vate, or Big V, as he's called. He, This columnist mentioned him as a possible exchange for Clowney, along with maybe a future second or third round draft pick. And this this big V, we'll call him, is 6'6", 320 pounds. He can play tackle or guard. So the V could also stand for versatile, since Bill O'Brien seems to enjoy that. He's younger. He's in his fourth season out of TCU. He's only started one game, but he's certainly younger than a Trent Williams. So, you know, it, it, again, it's all speculation, but it's just one of the many things that's, that's being floated out there as a possible thing. So if you were the Texans, would you do that kind of a deal? If you're the Texans, you got to get a player and a pick. I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a player and a pick. You're not going to get a great player for Clowney because, you know, he could walk. So, right. you know, that that's what you're going to have to ask for is a player that maybe you think could be really good. I don't know about great, but at least could be really good that could solidify your offensive line. And then – you know, you get a uh, maybe a third round pick or something like that. But the big thing about the Eagles being in the conversation, Stephen, and you said that, you know, it's probably some probably some team that that Clowney's going to have to sign off on. He would sign off on the Eagles. I mean, that's a really good team. Oh, I certainly would think so. Absolutely. Now he's not going to sign off on somebody like, say, the Miami Dolphins. You know, there was speculation that he nixed a trade to the Dolphins. He did, he doesn't want a team that's rebuilding. Well, the Eagles aren't rebuilding, uh, as this columnist pointed out. They're in a position to get to their second Super Bowl in three years, and a player like Clowney could be the final piece of the puzzle. Now, this uh, Halapulavate Vatai, or Big V, he has been a backup. He's only started one game, I believe, I saw in his stats, but he is versatile. He is certainly serviceable. He certainly isn't any worse than what we have now. I would say he's an upgrade, certainly, over what we have now. I think he's been a backup behind Brandon Brooks, who has had injury problems. So the Eagles may be hesitant to trade him just for that fact. But, yeah, you've got to do some kind of a deal for a player like him. And I would certainly think Kleine would. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to the Eagles if you're in a position to win? I'll learn how to pronounce this Vate guy if they make the deal. I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Or I'll just stick to Big V. (laughs) I like that better anyway. Uh, the the other positive besides Lonnie Johnson from this game, and I you know I, I've got to dig deep for these positives. It's like trying to find a cold front in the middle of a Houston summer. But uh, the the other big positive was uh, Karan Higdon, couple of nice runs. I, I really like how quickly and decisively he hits a hole, just the opposite of somebody like Alfred Blue. But yeah, th- those were it. I think it was Lonnie Johnson. And Karan Higdon were the, were the two positives, and 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 Karan Higdon's now a big deal because if Lamar Miller is gone, uh, 
uh, he might be the backup and and, and Taiwan Jones is going to be in in this equation because, you know, again, Lamar Miller, it's another just awful twist of bad luck for a team that doesn't block well to lose Lamar Miller because that's one thing that he did okay that the other backs that the Texans have had (laughs) over the last few years haven't done. He wasn't great at it. But he was he was definitely serviceable. You know, it seemed like he knew where to pick pick up guys and things like that. Uh, you know, they might maybe they're gonna depend a little bit on Gillaspia to to help out, you know, protecting Deshaun. They're gonna use him more because it seems like, you know, Bill O'Brien likes him in the passing game from what I've heard about it in, in camp, uh, from the way they've used him. Uh he's been a positive there. Special teams were a disaster. Gillaspia was part of the reason in this in this uh, preseason game, but that's where Gillespie could help you out. Um, the, the Texans they got to get some help from these running backs and tight ends. It's you know I, I kept saying out on Locked On Texans last year, it's not just the offensive line. It's it's not just the five guys up front. It's the fact that the Texans running backs are not really that great at pass blocking. It's their tight ends aren't great at pass blocking, but they did add Darren Fells this year. And it looks like he's going to be on the roster with all the problems that Kyle Waring has had with concussion protocol and other injuries and stuff like that. So I would think they they would have to keep Darren Fells around at tight end. But And, it, and it's Deshaun Watson. There, there's a, a, a zillion factors into this. And you know to say it's 100% on this offensive line is unfair to them. But, oh, my God, it was disappointing to watch, you know, what happened with the Zach Fulton injury and just everything else just being a disaster against the Cowboys. Well, before Saturday night's game, I was a little shaky on whether Galapsia would make the team. But I think especially after Lamar Miller going down, when you need the blocking, he could provide that. And, yes, I I think Darren Fells, I, I think he was a lock to make this team anyway just because of the fact that he is a good blocker as well as a decent pass catcher. So it's unfortunate that an injury has to change the face of a competition, you know, whether it's a backup running back or what have you, but it certainly did tonight. So somebody like a Karan Higdon or a Cullen Galapsia, they have a better chance now than they did before Saturday night's game of possibly making the 53-man roster. Yeah, Kahele wearing, from what I've heard, it sounds like it's a concussion Injury. I think they might have even said it this week officially, but he's in concussion protocol. Yeah, he's been in concussion protocol for, what, almost two weeks now, right? So if that's the case, if it's concussion protocol, there is kind of a factor where they might just say, well, we're going to put him on the injured list and uh, give him about six games. I guess it's the, what is it, the minimums? Like something like six games? You can do six games, yeah, and then decide from there. And then, yeah, you can, at that point, they can kind of get him up to speed uh, between regular season games or something. Hopefully he at least gets out there, you know, in the the next two weeks so they can at least, you know, see him a little bit. But uh, maybe if you throw him out there, the league will say, well, he looked healthy enough to be out there. So you can't put him on the injury. I don't know how, how they do that, but um, yeah, that, that looks like the likely scenario. Uh, The wide receiver position after, Watching this third preseason game, it, it, to me, it feels like whoever they liked amongst Vincent Smith and 
God, all, all of the other Stephen Mitchell and the, and the guys that are in that wide receiver room, uh, whoever they like, they, they probably have already figured it out before this game because this, this game gave you no indication except that probably that Ohio State's Johnny Dixon, the undrafted free agent, uh, after dropping two easy passes, he might as well. Yeah, he pack- didn't help his cause. He, at he all. might as well pack his bags right now. Yeah, yeah. I I think you'll see Vincent Smith making the team based as much on his experience as anything else. I mean, really, none of the receivers look especially flashy on a night like tonight on Saturday night. But then, I mean, the offense couldn't get anything going. What with the offensive line and the the broken running game, so I I really think you know Vincent Smith certainly I think has the best chance of as far as the backup and DeAndre Carter, I think is going to be in the picture too, mostly with punt returns, but he could play the slot if he needs to. So I think those are the guys you're going to see when they make the final cuts. Anything else from, from this catastrophe or from the, the Lamar Miller, Andrew Luck, uh, Cloudy? I mean, Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you what, I, we just have one more preseason game to go and it's the one that nobody's going to watch. It's, it's the game against the Rams on Thursday you know the starters aren't going to play in that. I mean, that's a given. If they'd hardly played tonight, they certainly aren't going to play in that game. Uh, I don't even know if I'll watch the game, Robert. Do you, what do you think? Oh, I'll probably force myself into watching it. But uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll divide it between the, the Texans game and the Astros on, on another device or something. I don't know. Yeah, just to let everybody know, like I said, we're, we're going to bring you postgame for, for all the Texans game. We're going to skip the postgame show for this last preseason game and just sort of roll that into bring, to bringing you a show on the roster cuts after that goes down next weekend. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, third and fourth stringers. So it's, it's really not worth doing a, a post game show, but, uh, we'll definitely have a Texans only one on the roster cuts, uh, next weekend. So you're going to want to check that out. Um, reminder also, if you enjoy the show, you'd like to support us, you just go to the HoustonSportsTalk.net, our website, make a small donation. There's a donate button on the top right of the homepage or towards the bottom of the page if you're on your smartphone. We'd appreciate it uh, just to help us out a little bit with some of the expenses of the podcast. Uh, we, we may have a sponsor here coming up, but it's going to be maybe a small deal. And, uh, you know, we've we've been doing this for about six years now. So, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a lot of host sites and stuff like that that have, that have gone into bringing you this kind of content on a weekly basis. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with a look at the Astros week and other Houston sports news in a couple of days. Maybe a Jadavian Clowney trade was, was be, be in the offing in, in our next podcast. So uh, we'll see what's going on with that. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have, by that point, the official word on Lamar Miller and everything. But until next time. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon, and, and have a great one. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.